2: Good afternoon, Recon. I hope you're well. This is yours truly, Jeff White Bear Kingsbury. Welcome to another episode of Strange Recon Radio. If you're watching here on the YouTube, Boob Two Side, I'd really appreciate it. to me a massive favor. If you like what you see in here, hit that like and subscribe. Queef on this. Say that to them. I misspread mis- and misinformation over here. You know all the good deal. Do me a massive favor and uh, help share the show if you could. Um, I only ask that on days where I name the episodes, things like horny for rockets and stuff. So no one actually shares the show. (laughs) Oh, oh well, Uh, I feel like to support the show in more, uh, more ways than just uh, leaving a review or thumbs up. You can go over to PayPal, of course, and help pay the bills over here. But if not, I don't give a shit. Let's get on with the episode. It's Thursday. We're talking about, I don't know, a little history of NASA, since people want to keep telling me that NASA was created to trick us about something and i said when did they create it and they said like in the 50s duh anyways we're going to talk about that and some <laughs> awesome other aircraft uh we'll talk about the history of nasa and where it comes from uh we'll talk about some other stuff like for instance do you know what the haiti There's a Soviet jump jet. Do you know what the 2TU 144 is? Do you remember how the Soviets pretty much stayed hand in hand with us all the way through the space race, right into a shuttle with a Burian, and they uh, and uh, just kept going? It's just like, you know, it's very strange how, for a country that claims to have like a, a supreme counterintelligence and counter espionage operations going on to protect our assets and our endeavors, no matter what there's a weird twin on the other side of the planet always doing it we'll talk about all that more i'm not gonna wait 20 minutes today like i normally do to get the episode going because i am beat so ladies and gents boys and girls stick around uh keep your brown eye open yada yada we'll talk about this we'll talk about that i don't know kiss your dog welcome strange recon i'm here to discuss the so-called
0: flying saucers Get out of your f- mind. There's nothing more than a ob- weather observation balloon. Of course, which we, we both knew differently.
2: Now I saw that.
1: I don't give a goddamn what anybody else says about it. I saw that on film. Phil and kissed my ass. He wasn't there. I was. When you know all the names in every language of that bird, you know nothing, but
0: absolutely nothing, about the bird. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. I like you,
2: <laughs> All right, my friends. All right, my weirdos. Spoke to another person from the, uh, from the sub allegedly at the uh, outside the, uh, the Nimitz event in 2004, I can't seem to find anyone that has any opinion really whatsoever on the Nimitz event uh, or the alleged Nimitz event. In fact, most of them have no effing clue what I'm even talking about. And then they like react like, <laughs> what? why the hell have I never heard of this nonsense? Like they they seem very genuine. I don't know. I'm still waiting for a few of the uh, more higher ranking, more more, or better known people uh, from the sub. Because it was a little bit of, you know, some celebrities on that sub, so to speak, in their units. And I'm waiting for those ones. People said they might be more in the know. I'll get back to you on that. Oh, Louisville. uh, coincidental name for what's going on. I'm sorry, Recon. This is one hell of a morning. I can't even think. My mind is completely fogged up. I should probably drink my Liquid Death. This episode of Strange Recon is brought to you by Liquid Death. If you need to hydrate but don't want to look like a fool at a concert, drink Liquid Death. It looks like you're getting drunk with everyone, but you're not. Watch this. Woo! Yeah! rock and roll but you're not actually getting drunk liquid death i'm not actually sponsored by liquid death but that was like a try i was trying right there that seemed that seemed like a good commercial could i possibly get sponsored by liquid death i'm not drinking I've decided to give up drinking, Recon, as you know, because you know I'm a fucking idiot. But uh, I'm trying not to drink. It's just water, Simon and everyone else. There. I'm trying not to drink, as you know, and uh, I've been, uh, been, been it's been some time, you know, and uh, so now I now I drink Liquid Death. <laughs> These are all terrible, <laughs> fucking Death. Hold on, let me do one more, just in case someone from Liquid Death sees this and wants to give me a sponsorship. Ready? I just crushed, like, 40 liquid deaths, and I am! No, all right, that was bad. Um, liquid death. Water, but with stomach acid now. Murder your thirst with liquid death. It's better. This is like soldiers when I was in the military ran on Rippets, and this kind of looks like a Rippets can. <laughs> Remember Rippets, anyone? Infantry guys in the morning are like, ah, yeah, I go to the chow hall and eat a freaking bucket full of bacon, and then chug like four rippets and go on patrol. All right, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Dope Nose says it's just water flavored with aluminum. That's correct. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, seriously, we. I'm trying to fill in that 10 minutes time we got left here before the show usually starts. I I apologize. Oh boy, oh boy! Today's strange aviation Thursday. You know how we be. We like to cover some things here, some things there. We don't gonna get too deep into it, but um, I would like to talk to you about a few things. Of course, one of those things being, as always, just cool. Factual stuff. You can be find on the internet anytime. No misinformation needed. Just find it on the internet. Weird, cool, and the best part about it is true. You get the weird, you get the cool all the time and you follow it. But you see the thing about being an aviation nerd, F geek, um, is uh, is that we live in a reality first. For all those that would be insulted by that, just know that I'm probably not talking about you. Most of these things, and we all know it, are on some sort of spectrum, if you will. As in, boy oh boy, there are people that just are full on, they believe with no good re- for no good reason. Even if they haven't had some sort of crazy weird experience. But I'm finding myself, as of late, trying to get the F out of ufology more and more. Um, it has been completely taken over by zealots, religious people. Nothing wrong if you're that if you're a religious person. I don't. I don't care. But um, it has been taken over by religion. It has nothing to do with aviation anymore. No one's taken a picture of a strange aircraft off, off in the distance to me. Like, can someone help identify this? No, 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 no. It has been one hundred percent taken over uh, by something they believe is. Not worth even figuring out if it's legitimate or not. They don't even want anyone to scientifically review what's being claimed they're making because whatever. But I've been swooping more and more, as you know, into the military side of things and aviation almost permanently because I'm kind. I can't keep doing this thing where even if there is something to to some of these mo- more stranger topics, I don't even doubt that. Sometimes I really do feel that uh, that you're not you can't ask me to to agree that science has reconciled everything in the world because it just simply has not. That doesn't necessarily mean, of course, what's been claimed. Maybe some things that are observed are legitimate, but I'm having a real hard time staying as a as a show that tries to look in some of these weird and anomaly sky story. We, I, I just, I can't. It's like I'm starting to like physically find it hard to wake up and do the show if I have to talk about UFO cases because. I cannot stand the culture that has now been, or whatever this is, whatever this is. When I think of ufology, I think of a uh, a probably misguided, but an extremely interested in detail-oriented, not all of them, of course, because we always had a spectrum of that too, but uh, someone in like a raincoat with a hat on and they're like, you know, showing up. Mrs. Stevenson, well, you know, you reported on July 17th in 1957 that you you and your husband were flying and blah, 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 and you landed in this airport and you saw this stranger, And like, that's like the entire case, this huge case. That's the ufology. What is it today? It's who can best praise the light in the sky Anyone who's out actually trying to find answers, or just interested in some of these weirder topics to see if there's anything interesting, uh, real happening there, um, they get buried under the absolute nonsense. The tens upon thousands of people that treat this indistinguishable from Moses in a burning bush. So I'm if you if you came and subscribed to this channel based off of like me being on Grant Cameron's thing or or my um wor- my uh you know.
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: My time spent talking about uh, UFOs and the traditional older school, whatever method. um, I hate to break it to you, but I think I'm I'm about to swing out of ufology almost full time. And if we see it making the news again, like it's like it did for the last five years, maybe we'll come back to it. But I'm uh, um, I'm uh, I like uh, I, I almost I almost. I almost despise it. Like I like, like I, I have a physical reaction that happens to my body. When I think about wasting any more of my life, trying to convince people, uh, like, you know, what good is it? What good, what good is it? If I do that, if it takes one set, all it takes is one post from freaking Vicky Vamarama on goddamn on Twitter. And it's just like, yes, uh, it, dog, the bounty hunters, big titted alien adventure. And, and Dr. Greer's, you know, uh, whatever mixed the, with, a, with, a with a little bit of, of, uh, you know, Icelandic chant and suddenly we've got the perfect, you, dude, I'm fucking, I'm out until otherwise, until I feel like coming back, I'm fucking out. Oh my God, dude. It's not like quitting ufology as in, I won't do what I keep doing. I mean, but like, don't, don't, I just, I just, I'm not interested. They've ruined it. And for all the people like that's not fair, because I do think there's something to this right here. And there is work put in it. And, and I think it's still worth looking at. That's fine. But you know what? You need to do a better job at policing your own kind. Because the people out there believing that Santa Claus is an actual story about a person flying around with an unknown craft and his propulsion is reindeer. Like, I, I don't have fucking time for it anymore in my in my life. It's crazy. It's crazy. It doesn't even make it, it, it's also, it's also no different than, than like the confession booth in the sense that, that, you know, that the religious aspect it just explains it away, and that's the end of it. That's the end of it. We're just gonna explain it away. It's not that. Don't worry. I, it's it's possibly the uh, the 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 unknown whatever. So that 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 it that's that's it. That's it. It's 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 over. I already said. That it's it, it's not worth looking at humans or anything. It's it, it's it's something beyond us. Therefore, the conversation's dead because I can't go to the library and pull out the slip and says, "Hey, where's the unknown facts section?" I'm not trying to be a dick here, but but th- there is like this this overwhelming amount of 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 sudden. Oh man, they just give every freaking person like do you know what's funny about like when i hear some of the stories like rob rob and i talk often you, you know rob right he's been a supporter of Strange Racon for a long time rob is deep into the weird and and and, you, and when i talk to rob about this stuff i see this huge difference in mental uh um just like the like the acceptance of it from from the from the oh like the uh the, the large crowd of people there isn't a there isn't an experiment. There isn't an anything. This is it. And, in and, and in doing so it's, it's like, it's like driven me so far away from the chance of I'll ever investing in any of that stuff because of, uh, because of that, that, that it's almost, I don't know. It's, 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 it's basically over for, for the whole thing. I'm I don't want to go, go into it again, but Rob, we need to get together and create some sort of, um, anthropologic like standards to some of these people, uh, that, that, um, that are out there claiming this shit is real because the funny thing about anthropology is, is that sometimes the anthropologist puts on the face paint. Sometimes the anthropologist strips out of their Western clothes and dons the, 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 uh, the garb, um, takes the, the, takes the, um, the, uh, the 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 local ground stuff, and then and tries to uh, you know understand in like an induced like open lab like setting what the people are thinking there that have basically have gone unchanged for years, and in doing so, they've taken a very strange, almost like pretend it's real to you until you understand it thing. That's not what's happening. There's not like an anthropological, weird, step-by-step, like, meet the... You know, there isn't. There's like, we're just going to shut it down by saying there's a magic happening, and that's the end of it. You can't even discuss what it is or ain't. And when there's no standard, when there's no ethical approach to what you're trying to claim is legitimate, you'll see people out there who... Their first act is not to see if it's a satellite, if it's a rocket body, if it's a drone, an aircraft, or a military base flight. It's too... Claim that their request has been answered, and I think that it'd be if if anyone wants to actually get back into these subjects, the the weird weird stranger subjects, people that are actually recognize the value of looking at a star map, a a a, 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 a flight tracker, and all this stuff. We need to step up together and add help add some sort of ethical approach to what's happening there because it no conversation is able to move forward in ufology if the answer is a phenomenon-based, intelligent, god-like thing that's in the sky, rather than meteorological, you know, what, oh my god, we just, we've passed through so many different layers, It's, it's almost impossible now to have any conversation, anything. Do you accept the reality of UAP? Do you have a moment to step outside, sir, or ma'am, to talk to me about the reality of UAP? I've brought cookies. We need, you know, I'm like the baseline. I'm I'm nothing. All right, we got to start the show. It's 20 minutes in, but I'm like nothing. You know what I'm saying? I I don't mean anything. I don't mean I, I don't mean anything to the world. So so it doesn't matter really. Ultimately, what I'm saying right now, but I will say that that standard operating or standard ethical practice in people's research in these things need to be taken, uh, um more seriously, because like, for instance, there's like this ad hoc defense and I got to move on, but this ad, like ad hoc thing, ready? Right? Well, um, they'll say it, you know, it doesn't, you know, if you don't believe it won't work. They'll say um, uh, a, a bunch of other things that, that been, essentially make it impossible to verify what's happening. But then they'll also go on to suggest that people that have made millions of dollars off of videos off of prayer groups off of and i'm not talking about donation based stuff like where friends get together i'm talking about people that legitimately have a business that has purchased them mansions um finance movie productions and and then made more money and uh there's just nothing there there's nothing to be able to have that you cannot have if that's the goal then fine all aviation people, all military people will step the fuck out of there and never have a, But I don't think that's the goal. I just don't think they realize they're doing it. And no offense, but I'm really not trying to start shit with some of these people because I, I genuinely don't think they're bad people. But I used to, like, be friends somewhat, you know, internet friends with a, with a couple of these guys, right? Like James Lindoli and, and Jason uh, or Jay uh, from Project Unity and stuff. But I, I'm noticing this thing now where it's like, it, it's like, they don't even police their own, like, Greer and stuff—they'll—they might have a critic critical word about them, but they don't police it. They don't stop it. It's all on. Everyone can do it, except if you criticize it, then they'll put out videos to say things like, "Is CE5 for you?" I don't know what the fuck to think. I just, I just, I just don't like my my. This sounds ridiculous. It really does because I grew up in ufology. I mean, I like literally grew up talking about it all the time, brick and mortar places, paranormal investigation places, And I, I, it breaks my heart to think that there's no value for science at a time where they're trying to demand we be taken seriously, which is fucking weird to me. And it's it happily embraced. Happily embraced. If you can make a million dollars claiming something is legitimate, you can use 30 grand to put someone in a lab and prove it or to add something to it. And all every time someone sends me a PDF, a document, or something that has some sort of verification to it, all it takes is about one second to see that this claim right here in front of me was investigated and proven, that the statistician was so in love with the idea of being a psychic herself, she just fucking basically lied. And there was no evidence that showed psychic ability was discovered at SRI. If if and, and if you don't know that part of it, but you're pushing the idea that they proved psychic capabilities from SRI, you are sadly mistaken. Their own statistician was found out to have joined the program mid-experiment. Oh yeah, everything's legitimate. I want so bad to able to continue having conversations about weird shit flying in the sky, a standard. That's it. A standard of things discussed for every single one of them, essentially, because if you do not, you will surely just keep driving down the path of, of, there's nothing worth in uh, what's uh, okay. I don't even, it just doesn't make any sense to demand be ta- to be taken seriously and and that this is a legitimate phenomenon not in the sense that there's stuff flying around in the sky but a phenomenon in the sense that something can be manipulated I, I i don't know um i don't understand why it's got to the point where if you ask to to like just i mean seriously what does everyone remember the time i told people i put spies in c5 groups they told me that that would no longer let it the aliens wouldn't come Because I had spies there. Does that mean that if the aliens don't come when they do these things, when they charge people for these big events, that they can say, someone here must have not been believing hard enough. And and that's not fair, because... First off, like... (laughs) Before we get into strange AVAs, we're almost thirty minutes in. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, like Rob has said things to me in the past that hit home for me with some of my experiences. Like, for instance, um, feeling like there's something about the feeling aspect of it that that can be true. I mean, legitimately, obvious. There's a bunch of things that happen that can happen to you, just mentally or psychologically speaking, or physiologically speaking, that can legitimately change your entire feeling in your body quite rapidly, right? Everything from falling in love to stubbing your toe. Uh, the the point is is that that even that to some degree can be measured. Even some of the and I'm not saying Rob's disagreeing with this. I don't think he is at all. I'm saying that the, that the people out there though, they're like, I continuously try to uh, to figure out, find that bridge across that divide between what ufology used to be and the religion it is today. And the fucking craziest part about it to me is that they don't—they're trying so hard to make sure every bridge, every avenue, every means to get a conversation actually going is disturbed by the most ad hoc, ridiculous reasoning ever. But if they know all those ad hoc reasonings, they must have obviously had this in a lab and figured it out and done tons of work on it, right? Because if you ad hoc somewhere, that means you've been—you've been confronted, you've been confronted with something that doesn't work with what you've come up with. So you've gone right around it and figured out a way to explain it away quantum physics space time there's you know it's it, it there's something about it that's that, that that is just driving me effing crazy because it's 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 part of the ufology job i mean i that's so stupid you know you know ufology has always been manipulated of course but i mean like the 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 uh traditions of this place are not one that should be evolving before clarity or, or we shouldn't be moving on before with less clarity over something. Uh, 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 less focused scope, more ambiguous answers. I mean, it's like almost like, like people would rather have the spiritual like answer than anything else. And maybe that's fine as well. I'm not even saying that's a problem and not everyone's the same. So therefore, some people need leaders. Some people need answers. Some people are happy with faith based stuff. But my thing is like, what's the what's the the gavel then? How was this case closed? How was it case closed that everything that all these things are rooted to are legitimate when they're they're, I I I really can't find anything anywhere that says the legitimate like people say, Um, and the fucked up thing is too like like let's just be open for a second here could could we not be miss something the outliers of life mutations in DNA all types of stuff because they're buried under people that are like aliens I'm talking to things on Mars. Like, literally, those people, hundreds of thousands of views, telling me what a fucking drone is. This is where we're at in 2023. The Air Force wants large UAV hangars. Oh, they're probably building them to speak with an acoustic sonic thing that's like... This person that I'm imitating right now is telling me what the fuck I should... You know, oh, that's not important. Don't focus on drones. I'm communicating with aliens through my... It, dude, just, just... The outliers of society will always be buried for being freaks themselves and afraid to speak. And, and and But the fact that the fucking... The people that aren't afraid to hoist their flag are usually completely full of fucking shit. Excuse my language. I actually... I, I don't even doubt it that there are people out there that could like, you know, just have a mutation in their DNA that'd be so worth studying it, it, it would it would be like uh the revelation of a lifetime. And instead it's it's hidden under people that are like pretending to turn into serpents and shit live on camera. It's fucking insane. Ah it's dry, it drives me absolutely nuts because I've spent so long talking about. Uh, this subject that it's just been wiped clean What? let me just gone and now that it's all gone and there's no history here and there's like two Jan Aldridge's left let's decide that the people that should have most stake and stuff are the Bashars of the world or the people that have
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli I guess Haha, in my dentist's office
2: 18 plus I don't know the people that will produce a fucking movie that is just ah whatever whatever anyways let's talk um second phone call what's happening here thanks for hanging out with me today but when I have a fucking meltdown I apologize I just um not that it truly affected me but being saying someone saying that I spread misinformation on um on uh on twitter and that's one of the same people that we're talking about Doty. <laughs> Dude, these fucking people are absolutely gone. Now, one second, recon. Hold on, I'm sorry. Um, we're going to talk about uh Russian uh <laughs> We're going to talk about some Russian aircraft. We're talking about history of NACA, NASA, and um and maybe a flying wing or so in a second. I apologize about that long-winded intro, but like that, that there is some sort of, like, this just... I don't understand. Um, I'm so confused about... All right, I'm going to move on from there because I'm just going to fucking lose my shit again and I don't mean to. Uh, uh. So, just quickly, let's talk about a weird UFO, a uh, oh, weird friggin' uh, aviation event or experience, of course, the alleged 2004 Nimitz event, and I, you know, I had to move stuff around, and I hope, hopefully, I still get PJ Hughes on the show Wednesday with a couple of people. I don't know what happened there, and I certainly don't um, suggest I know what happened. I just, I just don't believe, you know, the 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 story um, necessarily in the sense that there was nothing worth. There's nothing human related to what went happened there. And I think it's a little too coincidental that the Russians announced to the world just a couple years before, or I'm sorry, they didn't announce the world that it was leaked to the world that their hypersonic weapons um, uh, development program was, was, was jumping up supremely that their weapons, they were, you know, through espionage and what the world was learning all in one moment, they were saying, we're going to travel roughly 25,000 miles per hour. And, um, and well, that's right as a contract ended between the United States and Russia about our, you know, uh, our armistice, if you will, <laughs> of, uh, of nuclear prolifer- proliferation, hypersonic weapons, or whatever the hell it's called What's the actual name? Let me just bring it up here real fast. I'm sorry. I'm a big dummy. I can't remember things. Um, I really don't have a good working mind. So question me on everything. Where um, we go here? Let's pull this up real fast. According to Vladimir Putin, the U.S. withdrawal from the ABM Treaty in 2002 forced Russia to start the development of hypersonic weapons. We had to create, quote, we had to create a hypersonic weapon in response to the U.S. deployment of the strategic missile defense system again, which in the future would be capable of virtually neutralizing, zeroing out all nuclear potential. In 2007, when asked, the U.S. plans to deploy ballistic missile defense in Europe, Putin mentioned that Russia was developing strategic weapon systems of a completely different type. That will fly at hypersonic speeds and will be able to change trajectory, both in terms of altitude and direction. Two years later, we see an area right where it would be tested. Something, whether it's actually physically there or not, all the time, relax, I don't know, I'm an idiot, allegedly is flying at roughly 20 plus thousand miles an hour. The US sought to bring out all its countermeasures that it produced years ago for the future here it comes back again the soviet empire is getting strong again folks 20 something years later i I know that's broad i'm painting with a big broad brush right but you're telling me that the intelligence that we got off the weapons that they would be producing and are just been released this year had the same stats that the weird things on radar were doing well that seems weird I think that the future of targeting drones and aircraft and ranges in the air force and Navy aviation or Marine aviation is going to have something to do with shooting targets that aren't even there or could be there. Um, how can I say this? Um, imagine an aircraft that's countermeasures to incoming rounds towards it would, uh, could also be a training device. Well, hold on. What does that mean? Imagine an aircraft that has a system on board that can both produce a way to prevent it from being struck by a heat-seeking or radar-seeking or whatever IR queefing freaking weapon. It's able to seriously reduce its chance of being struck by one. But that same device could also be used in training. I suggest you seriously look into the evolution of permanent flares um, and even inducing things in a visible spectrum. It's, it's, it's too far out of the conversation and, oh, Steve, I just got your message now. What the heck? Um it's too far out of the conversation to really even be added to it because we don't know the extent of a lot of things. We have to take a couple of guesses. Of course, we know about you know laser-induced plasma and stuff like that, and even you know, uh pumping stuff into that, but it's 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 there and it's it's a part of the story. And I and I don't believe I I just I, I actually agree with Todd on this one, Todd Raymond on this one. I don't believe someone sees or experiences something like is alleged here, even though I have in the past before seen weird stuff and even reported, investigated myself. I don't think, though, that you just don't give a shit anymore. Okay? I'm sorry. No one was telling a lot of these people to stop, don't, don't talk about it, even though that's the theme of ufology. or the radar people were told never to speak about this. Well, apparently, this wasn't necessarily a thing with the Nimitz encounter. Also, the Nimitz encounter is this, if they, the context in which they pitch it is constantly, it's the same thing. It's like, there was no blue on blue. There was no time where the Navy would, you know, do these exercises or uh, or we would, our own government would test weapons against our, no, no one's really, well, I mean, it has been suggested and I've even put uh, some weight into certain things that people have mentioned because of course, as a soldier, we've seen that sometimes, you know, that not every, training is official but anyways uh it, it's also never pitched in the way that it actually went down right i mean didn't they send and scramble jets to go investigate these things showing up on radar it wasn't something being used against them why is it constantly pitched in the other way as in why is the the guy proved to me prove to me the government would do this massive top-down experiment on them why isn't it pitched in the way like it was told by all the radar people we saw these weird things and we asked to eventually send some aircraft to go look at them No, now it's even more mysterious now it's there's a frequency that there's that there's um you know of course the the uh, the old ufology story from back in the 50s that there's a common frequency that we can play that attracts ufos i mean it was literally in that terrible project blue book mo- uh, tv show on history channel remember the guys in the back of the truck trying to call the UFOs and then Jay Allen Hynek shows up and goes, Those are people driving on the mountain. Um, yeah, the governments can be naughty. That's true. Um but uh I don't know. It just seems to me there's so much left out, and we're just supposed to take so much faith. And I, I, just, I don't know myself. And I'm not trying to say that I know better than the people involved. I just don't. Sometimes I feel like everyone's trying to answer for everyone else, and it, and and there just seems to be this, this, this that people know. People know what it wasn't, but they'll admit we don't know what it was, and that to me starts to get into weird. Areas because that's not how engineering and, and aviation and aerospace works. I mean, sure, there's common shapes and hulls and designs and uh, effects within av- uh, aeronautics that you, or uh, aviation that you eventually use, even in space and things. But but that doesn't mean that that there, it's it's impossible to see something that would be really hard to identify as being a human-made craft. I mean, just look at the modern day systems that are out there today from hover to to flight or uh you know v toll s toll to supersonic or uh or, or or like or uh i'm sorry uh yeah i'm sorry vertical takeoff and landing to, to supersonic and all types of stuff if you you see these things off in the distance i mean literally that's one of the five observables it was hovering an instantaneous change of course it looks different but when things are flying directly at you you know it's kind of hard to see which angle they are they're coming at you they look like they want, you know anyways um I don't know. We should talk about that more, hopefully on the 4th. But, I, I I mean, I've had some things come up, and then I don't really understand why certain... I asked people to come on and have a panel to talk about the Nimitz incident, and then everyone just got in this huge drag-out argument for, like, days on Twitter. I mean, I don't know what that was, but... Can we get into it now? First things first. We're going to talk about the Flying Bedstead here on Strange Aviation thursday the flying bedstead what the hell was it why is it worth talking about and who made it what was it for all that good jazz well the flying bedstead let's bring this up so you can see is a great example of you don't know what things look like and especially how when they made this because the other day on um a twitter space uh sean from Rhode island uh had read a, a um had read a uh, first hand witness encounter from someone who talked about someone landing an aircraft on a road a strange looking ufo landed on the road a person with a ball cap was next to it saw the person then got back into it and flew down the road and took off they didn't say it was an alien they were like it was a, clearly a person flying this weird looking jetsons thing around well you know for years uh <laughs> thrust measuring rigs Came in all shapes and sizes. One of the most famous, of course, was a flying bedstead from Rolls Royce. Let's bring a picture of it right here. Um, and uh, here is the flying bedstead from Rolls Royce. The videos of it on the internet are really cool. Go watch them, they're really fun. But let me give you a little history of the flying bedstead real quick. The flying bedstead, otherwise known as the Rolls Royce Thrust Measuring Rig or TMR, was an experimental aircraft that was first flown on August 2nd, 1954. And used in the early development of VTOL, vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. Again, one something to really, if you're like the military side of things, especially if you're into UFOs and like the military side of things, consider, again, uh, runways easy to destroy. We deploy to countries constantly that we have to send people to go make runways, usually out of dirt and stuff. And, you know, all types of stuff. And so we start to... St- obviously look at different ways to get over that but there's a lot of things to consider it's not just simply like uh like you know uh like one of these weird looking effing things it's it's, sometimes it's you really got to consider what happens to certain aircraft during their takeoff and and what happens if it's a failed or or a failed takeoff or maybe an unsuccessful one and it's so a lot of work went into trying to figure out how to way to land in rough and rowdy places take off without uh, without destroying the craft and the person on board and getting off the ground in a way in short enough time that you can't get eventually then get shot out of the sky. Um, I, whatever. I, you know, here we go. Sorry. The TMR was fitted with two MK4 Nene jet engines. Nene jet. What is that? MK4. I have to look that up. Sorry. Which were standard Seahawk engines modified only by air bleed systems that allowed 10% of the engine processor air to bleed off the control systems of the rig. The engines faced in opposite directions. To each other, other at uh, other at the ends of the tubular construction. Directions to each other at the ends of the tubular construction. The e. Eff- what? I'm sorry. Here we go. The engines faced opposite of each other, and uh, the jet pipes. You can see them sticking out the top there. Right there in the ends, of see <clears> them. <throat> a central one, with the bi-foo created. What is that? One of from each engine was turned downward through ninety degrees. The ninety-five gallon fuel tanks were fitted under the engines, and the whole rig supported by four hydraulic oleo legs. I don't know how to say any of these words. A platform across the structure above the engines had a seat bolted to it together with a conventional type of control column, and pedals, and operated control valves from the engine compressor air bleed system controller box. The TMR was controlled by bleeding air from the engine through the control valves. Diametrically opposed pipes. Diametrically opposed is using infants as yardage markers in the NFL. Old David Letterman joke from the 70s. The thrust to weight ratio of the rig was critical. Any vertical takeoff aircraft must have its engine thrust that's greater than the total weight. The latter was minimized so as to keep within a 25% thrust advantage. Each engine provided a thrust of 3,800 pounds, which added to the 325 pound thrust from each of the bleed nozzles, gave a total available thrust of 8,350 pounds. This compared with a weight, of the rig, the total weight, which was 7,000 pounds. Handling improved as the fuel was consumed, of course, just like your car, and total running time was about 15 minutes. The first rig called XA 314 made an initial ground run on 3 July 1953 before first attempting to lift off the ground on July 6, piloted by Wing Commander Harvey Hayworth
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: So <laughs> a Bill Burr joke in there. Rolls-Royce Chief Test Pilot. Harvey Hayworth, Rolls-Royce Chief, Chief Test Pilot. The rig lifted only to the full extent of the hydraulic uh legs so that the wheels did not actually leave the ground although that's the first one we have videos of it flying of course during these early days of testing it was the felt that for safety sake the rig should be tethered <laughs> it's kind of funny to see it tethered because it's literally just flying like a like a old uh what you call it uh video billy meyer video After 20 hours of testing, the rig was withdrawn on 19 November 1953 for extensive modifications, overhaul inspection in the engines. After several months of the workshop, the rig was rolled out again, put under the gantry, and tethered flight carried out the first new modifications. These were so successful, the preparations were made for the first free flight that took place on 3 August 1954. Prime time ufology. What happened in 1954 to ufology? Come on, all you uh, UFO heads out there. What happened in 1954 to ufology? Does anyone know? What went down in Ohio? Ch-ch-ch-ch. Pilot Captain Ron Shepard, before a distinguished audience uh, flew that flight on 1954, the rig rose slowly into the air and was held steady in a hover attitude. (laughs) They mean altitude? Is that what it actually means? Hover attitude. I don't know. I'm not, I don't work in aviation. I work in uh, making an ass myself every day. The AH-64D demonstrates hover and velocity altitude hold modes programmed into the system. Very cool. Okay. It then moved forward, made a circuit of the test area uh, that was made, and demonstrated sideways and backwards movement before successfully landing. During the next four months, a number of free flights were made all at the height of 13 to 15 feet. Flying around the videos are so cool. But one flight was made up to 50 feet to ensure that there was no ground effect influencing the rig, which would be pretty scary to find out once you get up there. The final flight took place on 15 December 1954. The rig was then transferred from the Derby to Farmborough. A second rig, the XA-426, was built and first flown on 17 October 1955. It conducted extensive tethered flying for 12 months before its first free flight on November 1956, November 12th. This rig crashed a year later on 28 November 1957, killing the pilot. Testing of the TMR subsequently ceased at Rolls-Royce. The Lunar Lander Research Vehicle, the LLRV 1960, is referred to as the Flying Bedstead because, as it was called out in the chat, rightfully so, It looked a hell of a lot like it and flew just like it and was basically the same exact concept, except the pilot was moved out of the central area and could see better off in one end. It was less of a freaking ride, um, an amusement park ride, and more of an actual controlled aircraft where the pilot could see. Here's a picture of the uh, LLRV at Edwards Air Force Base. Um... Let's bring this up real fast. Sorry, everyone. Thank you for looking at that picture. I don't on the audio side. It just looks like a giant, crazy Rolls Royce, two Rolls Royce engines. Uh, and like this all, you know, almost like a freaking, what you call it? Um, stra- uh, scaffolding all over the place. Did I not download that picture? when I just tried. You son of a bitch. Core just held in her sleep, as she never does that. All right. Recon one second here. Let me bring this up. Sorry about that. I'm terrible. This isn't a good show. You should unsubscribe now and never come here again. I apologize. Here is the LLRV. You can see the similarities in the flying bedstead. Obviously, they even called it that. I mean, it's, it's sorry, audio people. You can't hear. We just lost 10 individuals in a row in the uh, YouTube chat. That's weird. Thank you for leaving when I asked you to. All right, here's the Flying Bedstead or the LLRV NASA's variant, as you can see. Very blurry thing on the side here. But not much different. Fuel tanks, obviously different shapes. Engine dead center. Thrust controls going around all over the place. Pretty interesting design. Um, Modified propellant. It uh, looks pretty cool. It's, uh, It's... in 1954, is also the same year where mass reduction anti gravity research started getting heavy, where all these rumors exploded as to why these hangars in Ohio were being created. Meanwhile, they were helping, they were trying to solve issues with landing on the moon, possibly even going to Mars, um, figuring out ways to attach themselves onto future space labs. We have 1954 is, is this like prime time UFO thing. When all of these aspects of human aviation were starting to kind of branch out because we started having to test vehicles that were going to be used <laughs> uh you know off the world, so to speak. And not to mention, we're testing a lot of re-entry shapes. For God's sakes, it started to pop off the the lifting bo- uh, the hypersonic and lifting body and then re-entry shapes like all over the place. I mean, we we have endless um endless examples of what, of what was being worked on because it just people just we're ultimately confused. We went from having very loud planes and you'd walked up the staircase outside and you said, you know, you're, you're goodbye like you're in, um, in some sort of old black and white movie. And then you got on there with a chicken next to you in the other seat and you flew somewhere. It took you 12 hours to get to L.A. from Florida. <clears throat> Imagine seeing this stuff. It even reminds me of cases like the Cash Landrum case. I was talking to someone about it yesterday. I'm just like, listen, it's not that I don't believe something happened to these people. It's just, I just don't think that at this, you know, at a time where we're nonstop testing all types of new things and testing test rigs, whatever, that we we should be calling a mysterious aircraft alien. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But let's move on, shall we? That is the flying bed said. Uh, and if you're interested in more LEV stuff, real quick, I'll just give you this. The, the idea of the LLRV dates back to the 1960s when NASA started planning the Apollo missions, which would take humans to the moon. It was critical that the astronauts be able to train in a free flying craft that handled in a similar way to the scent vehicle that would be piloted down on the lunar surface. No wings needed, Recon. All right, sorry. After the conceptual planning, down the uh, um, conceptual planning contracts with Bell Aerospace first popped up, and they needed to produce the LR- LRV. Two vehicles were delivered to Bell from NASA, uh, Flace, Flace Flight Center Research, uh, flight research center. Rather sorry. Um, in 1964, the first actual flights were carried out at Edwards Air Force Base, beginning in October 1964, 1964 with the three short flights by Joe Walker, totaling just over a minute. To no more than 10 feet off the ground, but by not, mid-1966, NASA had learned enough about the LLV program to award Bell a contract for three lunar landing test vehicles, LLTVs. So, uh what the hell was that um yeah uh august on on 24 april 1964 what was significant about that date my recon friends 1964 well, i mean we're learning about LL, llrv's right now and uh, october of the uh ready watch this i'm sorry let me just read this again two vehicles were delivered by bell to nasa's flight research center dryden flight research center and then in 1964 they started carrying out flights at Edwards Air Force Base. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the program started officially at Edwards Air Force Base because they're to research Edwards Air Force Base. um, uh, Kern County. Oh, geez. I keep forgetting things. My brain don't want to work properly. I don't, don't think good. Um, let's just look up real quick. Edwards Air Force Base. No, it doesn't even matter um, if you're aware of what happened in April 1964 um, of that same year before they were given the contract. So people like it couldn't be possible. The, the ufologists of the world say Lonnie Zamora couldn't have witnessed a moon lander because they didn't have a contract. Yes. That's how it works. Um, I I put it to you that the way Lonnie Zamora described his sighting was fucking perfect. Perfect. There's never been a UFO uh, sighting that is any more perfect of a piece of of human equipment at the time. And we just skipped right over because, no, ufologists like James Fox said that Lonnie Zamora was really changed. He went right to church afterwards because he saw bug demons. Where is Socorro, New Mexico? I'm here to talk to you about the reality. UAP, girl. Step outside and let me give you these cookies. Um, I have this real hard time dealing with let's remove every human thing on planet Earth just because it doesn't fit perfectly into the story. This is why I lost so much damn respect for people that I used to love reading their books growing up about Roswell. Like something as simple as flowery tape. The Air Force said they didn't use flowery tape until 1972. Therefore, it couldn't be. Oh, Okay, so the story didn't fit exactly because they gave you the wrong tape they used and the wrong tape manufacturer. Therefore, it must be aliens because we got the date of flowery tape wrong. It is tough when our hopes and desires overtake our reality. Reality can be truly affected. Who has ever you know, fallen over and gotten so embarrassed that they fell over, they actually like looked at what they fell on. Oh, look what tripped they got tripped on something. It's a very human thing. If you walk along and trip and you turn back and stop and like look like who is that, that did that to me down there. I mean, even though you know it's the ground. It's like a it's like a psychological bullshit response of like pretend it's the same exact thing, scaled up. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant at all. It's the bank account phenomenon. That's what I meant to say. It's the bank account phenomenon. It's the poor person's bank account phenomenon. I forgot. I got my metaphors mixed up there. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, The bank account phenomenon. Does everyone know what that is? It's when you can't bring yourself to look at your own checking account because you have such little money that you will know how poor you are in that moment. If you don't look at it, you stay ignorant. Maybe I have a little more money than I thought I did. I'd be happy if I didn't look. (laughs) Meanwhile, that's how they treat evidence in this field. If, if they just keep pushing the ambiguous side of it and never look at the evidence otherwise, they won't realize it. That's why you see so many ufologists quoting things from, like, Max Planck. That's great, but what about all the work from all the physicists and all the people out there that have worked in the last 150 years? Oh, here's a quote from a physicist back in 1890 that justifies what I believe today. Okay, well, I thought science progresses. Before I make fun of ufology anymore and get myself everyone hates me even more, I'll just skip past that and you know if you want if you want to believe that that Lonnie Zamora saw demons and the demons were flying a ship, then fine and I'm not even saying you're not allowed to think it's demons. Maybe you are a religious person and actually interpret that way. Who am I to stop you? But I don't think any reasonable person feels it's appropriate to pretend that we were not working on fucking moonlanders in the area. There isn't a test flight center. I've been there. It's called White Sands. Test everything from artillery to rockets, to smart rounds, drones, countermeasures, fucking lasers, whatever the you know, they, everything's tested there. Remember that time where we go, oh they so and so put a clip of a real life alien UFO landing on a runway? It was wobble. Yeah, dude, it's just. Having said what I said at the beginning of the show, though, I will say that cases like the Zamora case pushed me more towards uh, Rob. <laughs> Rob, take me out in the fucking woods, so I can feel something special, dude. Because I can't stand reading it. But I can't. <laughs> it, it, it. Some sort of explosion and loud noise came out of it. Well, hold on. Humans still started their planes like this then. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to do that. Did PJ Hughes, are you insulted? Come on, what? (laughs) I guess I don't have common sense, Mr. Hughes. I said, sir, can I ask you how it's unknown and yet known not to be any of those things? And he said, easily, common sense for one. Things the Nimitz incident is not a balloon, a seagull, a missile, a UAV, holograms, or another aircraft. We know qu- it more than one object, white, tic tac shaped L fleet, tracked on multi radar, emits RF energy. It's unknown. Not saying it's aliens, it's unknown.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is why I, I I feel like that's a slap in my face, Mr. Hughes. Are you saying that I don't have common sense? Because you're saying an illogical thing there. You're literally fucking saying, sir, that you know it's not something. And you know it's a known unknown. What is a known unknown? I think the fourth is canceled. <laughs> What the fuck is a known unknown? A balloon entity? Because that's what the Arrow Office says exists up there. Do you know that in aerospace, there are things called uh, unknown uh, known unknowns? Is, is that just a new fancy word for phenomenon? Because phenomenon is not owned by the paranormal. And are we going to reinvent the word phenomenon as known unknowns and suggest that we've... En- We know what every human thing will ever look like. Everything that is ever made has the signature written on right on it that it's human. That's why these alien craft leave behind something as human as RF signatures, which a drone leaves by, which a balloon with a raspberry Pi leaves on it. I don't, I, I hope that's not meant to be an insult. I really I really don't because that's not cool. I've never even really had any discourse with PJ Hughes whatsoever, certainly not anything insulting. So, is he saying that he understands what a known unknown is because he has common sense? Because I don't understand that at all. I just don't get it. My brain will not accept. I asked people to come on the show on the 4th of this month to have a panel about the Nimitz incident. In that time, all I've seen was basically there's no reason to have a panel. Since that, there's literally no reason to have a panel. Why? So we can have one person that doesn't know the intimate details of the case sit there and say, no, 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 no. Everyone from the submarine in the area laughs at me when I when I bring up the idea that there's some sort of ET story going on that happened in, in November of 2004. And PJ says that they're all bubbleheads and I don't know anything down there. But if they're crucial to the story, I don't know how they would know. Why is it that people don't even ring up Lieutenant Colonel Douglas Kirth? I don't know. This is. I I don't even care about the panel anymore. I don't I simply don't even care. I'll be back in like 10 minutes. I could honestly. This is the this is what I'm talking about. I'm not interested in having discourse with someone when they just say no. It doesn't make any sense. Does anyone remember Alex Dietrich on that news program? Me and like, where's our sixth generation fighters? Where's where's all this other thing? like? This is our 25 year old tech we're flying around. She was like literally. She said, of course she said a bunch of things, but she said it. It was, you know, you can't, sometimes it feels to me like you can't force UFOs on someone. And that's what it felt like to me. And I just don't understand that logic of saying no, no, no. And there's nothing worth discussing. Like PJ saying after speaking to Elizondo, he knows it's none of those things. So a guy goes around and gets in the ear of everyone who wants to talk about this. And after he's done talking about that to them, they suddenly know it's not fucking human. That's not weird. Everyone who wants to get out to talk about this and figure out what it is, he gets in their ear, and then afterwards they say, uh, "Well, after you know, I spoke to Lou, and it's definitely not a system test. It's definitely not an aircraft. It's definitely not this. It's it le- here's the, it leaves really weird stuff behind, like RF signatures. Case closed." I'll be back, Recon. Stick around. welcome back. Before, we, <coughs> excuse me. Before we get into the history of NASA, real fast, there's some broad bullet points of NASA. Let's just uh, um, let's just uh, quickly um, do some stuff together here in MS Paint. MS Paint. We're gonna solve some stuff in MS Paint. Ready? Watch this. Hold on. Let's let's bring it up together. It's a little fun time. Paint time. Ready? Hold on. I'm not sure if you're aware but the, uh, the 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 targeting the systems that you'd use to target uh, the avant-garde hypersonic weapon system that allegedly could travel at 23,000 miles an hour the systems you'd use to target that are not a person on a fucking cranking shaft uh, shelling the sky with flack
1: uh,
2: get it what year do you think it is? Okay, here we go. Ready, recon. Let's do it together. Let's bring a little paint thing here. Come on, ready. Two thousand and two. We're here. We are in two thousand and four, on the ocean. Ready? And we've got systems in play that can target really fast-moving stuff. So what you do is you have uh, something appear on the system that flies twenty-three thousand miles an hour. Twenty. Oh, that's a terrible way to do that. Hold on. 23,000 miles per hour, or I don't know, is it knots? No, it's probably miles per hour. All right, 23 miles per hour is this, this weapon appears on your system at 23 miles. I'm not saying it's a surprise, but the weapon system is not actually there. There's not an actual thing flying 23,000 miles per hour on your weapon screen. It's actually a training device in order for the system to get better at targeting surprise 23,000 re-entry uh fucking hypersonic missile in 2002 we announced that we that the treaty was over and we needed to start prepare for these things then suddenly in 2004 all the right systems are out there, and we have a weapon system that flies across the screen at 23,000 miles an hour be it up, down, left, right, from under the water, in the water, in your mom's hair, whatever. That's it, it's on a screen. Wait a second, hold on. Are you telling me the pilots didn't? I'm telling you, the pilots did not watch something go 23,000 miles an hour with their eyes, neither do the radar people. Did you just seriously dumb down the entire thing to a freaking MS Paint with a single line that said twenty three K on it? Yeah, I did. Because they're not gonna launch hypersonic missiles into a Navy carrier strike group to have them practice with this brand new system used to target hypersonic weapons, trick their tar- like where they're actually going after, to spoof the radars involved. It in. we always. Nail thing or hit things uh, in the wrong place first, right? Things always appear to be one way, and then they're another way. They always appear to be one way, and then they're another way. They they simply couldn't be something appearing to be going twenty-three thousand miles an hour, or sometimes moving as simple as one hundred and twenty-five knots. This fucking constant logic of, of it that we have to make the story work. And if we can't find the technology that fits the words of a bunch of people that are all contradicting themselves, then it's it, we move on. It's alien. I say nay, sir ma'am. I say nay fucking way. What do you think would be easier? To, acqu- uh, to play a simulation in which you can have your real-life system acquire 23,000-mile-an-hour missiles or to just fire twenty-three thousand mile an hour missiles at your strike carrier group and see if they can handle it. Let me talk about UFOs, girl. You want some cookies? Come come at my stand. I set up a stand out in outside of UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley is that a place? I don't know. I don't know if schools. I just get extremely frustrated when <laughs> someone is so fucking naive. They're gonna tell me after speaking to someone who's been already. It's this isn't like a listen for all the people out there who are like mad at me for saying this. I hate to tell you, there are folks out there that have spent their entire time listening to people like Lou Elizondo and not just being like critical assholes like me and just saying whatever I want. They've actually they put. You know, paper to pen for every single thing this man has ever said to show the contradictions or the errors like the David or is it David or Michael Hirsch? Who's the the number one mylar balloon for the TTSA rollout? The Washington, D.C. flyovers, the videos of him saying that these, you know, secret documents have been released to prove that this logins is out there. All these times over and over and over again where you just decide, oh, I should stop talking about real cases and just get all stoned and start talking with people. Do you remember that? Do you remember how he just kept fucking up? So then he never really referenced things anymore. And the one time he did, he even got that wrong—the sun and the mirror. Those fucking stupid Logins reports. So hey, Lord Ludacris, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sorry for my fucking nonsense, dude. I, I did have a show planned today, but then I lost it when I see that um, I can't even. We can't even have discourse over uh, over uh, the Nimbus event because well, it's not anything worth talking about. But it's also a really important event. Don't discuss it though. But it's important. Don't talk about it, but please keep it in your hearts and minds every day. Don't dissect it. Put it on a pedestal. Don't know it, but repeat it. Hear it, but don't listen about it. Don't listen to it. Come on, everybody. Let's do it now. Everyone start the faith-based movement of believing that... Oh, never mind. Jesus Christ. Lord, little Chris, thank you very much for constantly supporting the show and giving me stuff to research. I really appreciate it. I want Jeff to talk to the dragon on the phone again. Who's the dragon? The guy from Skinwalker Ranch? Have I talked to him? You have to call me. Dragon. I don't know who you're talking about, Bob Marley. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm a crazy, crazy individual. But, uh, you know, I, I I, must admit that even I just get super, super, super offended by people telling me that it's not worth talking about. And no, I didn't say that. That's what you're saying. If you're saying that there's nothing on planet Earth worth comparing any of these things to, you're saying it's not worth having a conversation about. So what are you here for? You're, or what are you doing in in the field? You're you're you can be here to experience things. That's fine. Fuck yeah, bring it on. Go legend trip or whatever it's called. Go to these weird, far off away. Go skywatch whatever you want. But then if you're gonna start telling people that it's none of those things and you're all wasting your time, blah blah blah. And it's either well, I'm not saying it's aliens, but yeah, they literally are competing, Elizondo. Oh, listen. I'm not saying it's aliens, but. Something manipulated our DNA, kidnapped us, and stole our sperm. I don't know what it was, leaving muddy footprints in our beds, flying over Washington, D.C. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's flying with impunity, can go anywhere it want, and can obfuscate and obstruct any single thing the United States military does. And they're attracted only to our nuclear powers, and they can shut it down whenever they want. Don't be scared. Don't think it's aliens. Today went way off the fucking rails. I've ruined Aviation Thursday. I was pretending to talk to a dragon. (laughs) I don't even remember. That's how fucking crazy I am. I apologize. I really do. I just, that, that, something about disrespect. First off, PJ Hughes. I hope he's not being disrespectful, but saying that he has common sense when I'm asking him, how is it an unknown, known, whatever like that, that to me feels fucking disrespectful. I've never said a single bad thing about this guy. I don't even know him. But when someone does something like that, I... I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just misinterpreting it, but I feel disrespected by someone who has no more intimate knowledge of what's going on than I do. You spoke to Lou Elizondo. You spoke to Lou Elizondo, so now you know. So did my show host. You know what they talked about? Running through brick walls together, psychically spying on alien races. That's what they talked about together. Congratulations. A spoon bender told you it wasn't human tech. Woo! Woo! A spoonbender told you it wasn't human tech, Mr. Hughes. Congratulations. I guess the fourth isn't happening. I ruined it. Well, as I promised you, I wanted to talk about some stuff today. (laughs) Oh my god, I, this show has got no future. Um, <laughs> I'm about to go back into the Hockamock Swamp and just uh, have relationships with trees again. That's all I care about. Let's talk quickly uh, about the history of NASA, and we'll cover one weird aviation thing for today, the And then I'll get the hell out of here. No point even having a show right now. Fucking stupid waste of time, dude. Let me bring this up. Hold on. By the way, just just before I forget, um, Project Palladium and Project Nemesis are, uh, you know, what takes place above the air. There is their parts and contributions from things subsurface that you should look up as in the thermoelectric generator. I'm uh, sorry. The nope, that's not the right one. The uh, what is it? The detection and spoofing used in GNSS like underwater navigation systems and the evolution of it can be found. GNS spoofing. Spoofing mimics authentic GNS satellites to hijack GNS receiver tracks underwater, okay? And there are plenty of documents out there. So do me a massive favor, and before you suggest that there's no ability to do what we did to the Soviets in the 60s to submarines because someone saw a light. That's the same reason why I don't like the idea that there was a UFO, and therefore, someone who sees something weird walking through the woods is like, I saw a Bigfoot and UFO at the same time, they're connected or something. It's like, well, I don't think you saw a Bigfoot, but even if you did, they're still not connected because you saw something weird in the sky. Um, you're just as bad at identifying a bear walking on its two legs and you are identifying an aircraft in the air. Why should I trust you about either of them? But yet you've put them together and uh, of course we have Ryan Graves out there talking to another pilot now who you know it, it, you know, it's, it's hu- I love the pilot humans can't do that right away puts it out there right away humans can't do this it's impossible please look up the stuff it's on the internet they are, they are expecting you to not look it up they're expecting you to just believe well here fine I'll present it in the way ufology needs it ready oh oh, oh, oh. hijack cargo in transit disrupt port activities and targeting cranes using gns working on submarines hold on did it work did it work do you believe it now that i've sung it like some sort of fucking falsetto in a, in a church you can spoof submarine navigation I feel sick to my stomach. Hi, right, Cora. She heard me singing. She came over to check. She was like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? in your face. Gross. Okay. Let me just pull this up real fast because I I, I keep getting distracted because I'm so fucking insulted. I don't know why. I'm just a reject. Really wasn't even that insulting at all. I just dislike the idea of shutting down conversations because Lou said so. Everything has an effect, a cause. Everything has an appearance and an actual fucking state. And when you tell me that I really can't talk about anything because it's not any of those things and you're wasting space, wasting time. What's truly happening? Someone told you, so now you're shutting down a conversation. I hate to even say it because she seems like a very pleasant person, but Alex Dietrich thought she was vectored into a weapons test site or something. She was not sure, but she brought it up multiple times on multiple different programs. But because other people told her otherwise, that's not the case anymore. Cora, fuck! Jesus, dude. Cord decided to jump over a table to get on the couch and knocked over my entire system here. Hold on a second. Jesus. Hold on. Okay, thank you, Cora. I appreciate that. Maybe later you can fucking just take the whole computer down. All right, ladies and gents, sorry. She pulled my mouse out. Hold on a second, Rico. Oh, shit. How did you okay folks give me one second jesus christ i can't shut the thing off Is this thing still on? Oh computer went down. It said surge power supply dangerous level. What the hell does that man have seen that Mike. A single computer message in my life. Is this thing on and running? It's all loading. Damn. I have no idea if this is even streaming right now. Um I can't see if it's on. Fudge. Oh, I think my voice my own voice we we'll back we we'll back. Woo! hey steve dude thank you for the super chat man big time not sure what you had planned today but rants like these are what most of us are here <laughs> unbridled honesty and objective stuff yeah thank you steve i appreciate it man for helping support the show thank you very much keep me on my toes um uh i i i, I just wanted to can just you know confront the fact that uh, that nasa isn't was isn't a new program in the 50s and 60s and has an origin in aviation it comes from langley and supports a military mission first nro mission then whatever but ultimately speaking every time i try to have a show that's simple and planned out something happens right before the show that i feel is more valuable more worth our time to talk about or not but one of the things i'm not afraid to address is is i guess that the drama involved the ufology it tends to be looked at as just drama i think it's actually Purposefully induced oftentimes by arrogance, ignorance, antiquated way of thinking, an archaic, tribal, like, I believe them because I like them, like, decision-making. And it's fucking gnarly to me. I'm not interested in it. Um, uh, But uh, it's like... I just don't... I just don't... I I just don't want to waste... I feel like I, I have lost an opportunity and it's unfair to myself or not lost an opportunity. I feel like I've wasted my own time so greatly uh, or so much because there is nothing you can tell certain individuals because it doesn't matter. And I have experienced it firsthand over and over and over again. since I was a child or someone will, someone will j- say a protocol and look up and see a shooting star and they'll turn to a hal put off or someone else. And they'll say, that's the first sign that it's working. Have you seen a shooting star without doing protocols? How many times have you thought of your cousin and the phone didn't ring? Yeah, there could be awesome things that are basically impossible to look at, like a coincidence or something. But it's just, I am just, uh, it's just. I feel like I've I've been I've been sent uh, sent for a ride on a couple things, and I just am so ready to like, you know what I need to do? I think I want to get into yoga. I really do. I think I'm going to get into yoga because I need to start having some sort of mindfulness about being tricked into the the old traps and falls and pits of uh, of ufology that I used to know better. And now I like can't even scroll through my Twitter wall without being like, are you? The Rod? We're talking about the Rod in 2023? Billy Meyer? I'm a Meyerite. I'm a Meyerite. The only person that's ever pr- added credibility to this subject. Billy Meyer. It's like, dude. It's like fucking this. It's it's like this endless cycling back of shit. Because I guess we didn't do a good enough job back in you know thirty years ago, or I guess they didn't do a good enough job back in the fifties or sixties when they were getting tricked by the IC. Then I don't know, but it's like if there's nothing where there's no reason to spend. There's no like, why would anyone give up all their time to follow you? They don't want me here. You follow, just don't want me here. They fucking hate me. You got people like Jeremy Corbell who, if you just look at his face, looks like a fucking drug addict. Look at his eyes. Fucking nerds, man. You should be knowing more about UFO nerds. It's like this guy is on drugs. He's a lunatic. I just, there's no point. There's no fucking point in spent, they don't want me. They fucking hate me. No one likes me here, except y'all people. And I think even you are just waiting for me to fucking fall no one wants me here because they want story time. They don't want what we have. They're not interested in it. They want to talk about lasers without why the fuck a laser exists. They want to talk about aliens without what the fuck biology is. They don't even... Get... There's nothing worth it. There's no money here. I'm fucking going in debt up to my eyeballs. I can't pay my bills, though. Thank you very much, guys, for the Super Chats, which is 100% core to the show. I hate to even talk shit about that. But there's no, there's no like, business platform This is 100% from integrity. And one day my integrity is going to snap. I'm not going to start lying. I'm just going to give up. I don't have that forced, you know, endless burning ambition to keep doing what I've been doing for all these years, which is like, no, 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 no. the rod does not exist. That is a fucking camera artifact. Stop bringing it back up. No, no, no. This person is an insider of all the supreme knowledge. This is Richard Doty, who spent a very small time in the military, then practically, 10 times the amount of time making bullshit up. What do they just keep giving him information? Oh, he, w- he was in on it 25 years ago. So let's keep telling him the stuff. It's It's just. Y'all want more UFO Jesus? Go have them. To the people i was just talking to nah, i'm not even going to say because i don't fucking even burn another bridge for christ's sakes y'all like this part about me but i swear to god i'm gonna have a heart attack on camera <laughs> it's like you know what the worst part is though when i'm not around anyone or doing the show I'm like a fucking samurai and I wish I could spend my life like that on camera too, but I can't, I don't know what it is. It's like, it all just comes out of me at once. And I just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, but I, I just, uh, I just don't like this place anymore. Has nothing to do with wanting to stop the show or anything so much. It has to do with trying to help people that don't want to be helped and are actively trying to get rid of any, I mean, like it's, you know, it's just so typical. It's just so typical. Thank you, Steve, for saying that. And I and I really do you know i my plan was to scale it up and i've had much more successful podcasters tell me over the years it's like the 5 year mark if you can make the 5 year mark on the rate you're going you will be able to at least have some sort of sustainable wage or whatever from your show um and and there is honestly i mean look at it there's that you can buy subscribers you can pander your dick off or you can be fucking honest and then find yourself climbing at the rate of smell and and you know the the fact of the matter is is that I'm sorry. Honest, my honest opinions, right? Because even though I am sourcing all this stuff, let's be real. I'm just rearranging my bias here and whatnot. But these are honest opinions. Is that really logical? Um, I'm I'm trying to be honest with to myself. I guess it's just it's just hard as fuck when you recognize that you're trying to basically start a business in a place that the like your okay. You're, you're, I'm a very corrosive material, and I've decided to start a business in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. There we go. I am a corrosive metal, and I've decided I know where I should start my business. Let's go in the middle of the ocean. That'll last. I don't know what the fuck is wrong, man. In the words of the Billy... <laughs> Excuse me. In the words of Billy Joe Shaver, you're going to miss me when I'm gone, you mother effers. James Smith McDonald be gone. ADE65E <laughs> dowsing IED finders gone. Which is a great... I should have brought that up, but I'll talk about that some other time uh weird aviation i'll skip the history of nasa so let's talk with the uh i just got banned from a website that i use all the time what I've never used this person's material whatsoever, but I have read their website a few times. Curious droid? This bald guy has banned me from his website and blocked me on Twitter? Who the fuck is this guy? He's got a huge following on YouTube. One point something million people? Who the fuck is this guy? I just go I, I went there a few times to to pull up pictures of of, of Soviet aircraft that I never I've never used them. What the fuck is this? Curious at CuriousDroid. i I've, I've I've gone to their website a few times to pull some stuff up. And I don't know why I would just get Blocked on his Twitter and on the website. Is it just an odd? What the? Oh, whatever. All right. Well then, I guess we'll dude. Today is not a fucking great episode. Holy shit, man! I'm a fucking sweaty, angry mess who just got blocked on. I don't even know who this clown is. whatever right yeah uh, good good I don't know who curious droid is, but uh whatever um oh boy whatever I, I'm, I'm just off the rails today so bad this is crazy um here. This is what I originally wanted to talk about, and I probably should because I, I want to bring it back on the rails. If anyone ever makes it here, maybe I should start adding chapters to the show. NASA's origin comes almost primarily over the problems solving problems with space flight. It doesn't come with, for... for, for uh, its origins aren't, aren't, aren't there for space travel, they weren't there to trick you about fake space or fake moons or or, or 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 fake wasting time, flat Earth. Their entire purpose came from solving problems within, um, uh, you know, the early days of aviation, um, all the way back to March third, nineteen fifteen, until it's corporate incorporated day uh, into NASA, which is in nineteen fifty eight, NACA, which uh, was Woodrow Wilson's. Um, idea. Not as it wasn't his idea, but he he authorized it in 1958. NACA provided technical. I'm sorry, March 15th, not March 3rd, 1915. NACA provided technical, advanced uh, technical data and advice to the aviation industry that was booming uh, in the United States and in the military. Uh, NACA was created by President Woodrow Wilson in an effort to organize American aeronautical research and to supervise and direct the scientific study of problems of flight. That's a quote with a view to their practical solutions. NASA has continued that tradition to this day, obviously at a much higher elevation with much more sophisticated tools. In 1920s... Is the picture not even up yet? You're just looking at me? Oh, Jesus. Sorry. In the 1920s, NACA engineers developed a low-drag-streamlined cowling for aircraft engines. Cowling for... uh, with Cowling. Cowlick. Uh, With all aircraft manufacturers adopted, the innovation resulted in significant operating cost savings and won the 1929 Collier Trophy. NACA engineers demonstrated the advantages of mounting engines into the leading edge of a wing of multi-engine aircraft rather than suspending them below. Of course, you know that you see different versions of that today as well, big time. Um, But... uh, That innovation obviously swept everywhere and eventually got incorporated r- to right inside the wing itself, essentially, or right over the fuselage in the back. During the 1930s, NACA engineers developed several families of airfoils. Many of these airfoil shapes have been successfully used over the years as a wing and tail section for general aviation and military aircraft, as well as propellers and helicopter rotors. Of course, even patented badass ones we saw in the 2004 November time frame sitting right there outside uh, of of a uh, Boeing airfield in San Diego and of course the same system but in a different body different shape was shape was being tested on another aircraft but the AQ160 was out there being tested and what do you know it's it's um never mind it's rotor it's a uh, rotor system is a patented quiet stealth tech what do you know it's shape of the fuselage stealth it's rotors can't be heard until it's super close and it can stay in the air for over 24 hours and modded up with aeroplanes, it could fly for even longer. I'm sorry. The uh, testing data gave aircraft manufacturers back in the 1930s a wide selection of airfoils to choose from. The information eventually found its way into designs of many U.S. aircraft, including a number of important World War II-era aircraft, all the badass ones you know about. In the 1940s, NACA researchers developed the laminar flow airfoil, Laminar flow airflow, which solved the problem of turbulence at the wing tra- uh, trailing edge. And that had limited aircraft performance. And Pioneers, I think that also started, by the way, the airflow contrail there. Eventually, that, that's the, the, the development of that. Whatever. Anyways, um, they're pioneers of advanced transonic, supersonic flight. Engineer John Stack led development of a supersonic wind tunnel speed and advent of operational, advent of operational supersonic aircraft. He shared the Collier Trophy in 1947 with Army Air Force pilot Chuck Yeager and Lawrence Bell of Bell Aircraft for research to determine the physical laws of affecting supersonic flight. And uh, in 1945, Robert T. Jones, premier aeronautical engineer, of the 20th century formulated a swept back wing concept to reduce shockwave effects at critical mass locations um i'm sorry at the critical locations uh during mock um uh high mock numbers or higher mock numbers rather um <clears throat> harry truman gave him a trophy in 1947 uh for his research in that and of course thermal ice prevention on the systems of an aircraft things froze you couldn't use them anymore um lines stopped fueling certain areas actuators stopped working hydraulics stopped flowing levers stopped levering no i don't know if that's a word in 1951 richard t whitecomb verified the area rule in the NACA transonic wind tunnel located in the Na- uh, nasa's langley memorial aeronautic laboratory in virginia That seems coincidentally weird and close, right? No, it's because Langley and the NRO and all these other organizations and intelligence basically were the one of the main reasons they were doing all this stuff is because we wanted to be ahead of anyone else who was doing this, including knowing what our adversaries were using and something using these technologies to know that rather. Sorry, I said that weird. With NACA's transformation into the National Aeronautics Space Administration in 1958, research on the space travel became a high profile endeavor and on and on it went. I'll, I'll save you from that from there, but just going back real quick, we see that some of these, um, specifically 1960, uh, early 1960s, the dedication into supersonic flight was supposed to go everywhere. And we've talked about it before. We've heard JFK, um, uh, we'd heard JFK uh, talk about, you know, we need to make supersonic a commercial opportunity for everyone. We saw the rest of the world do it. Are you aware that the Concorde, right? British Airways and all the tests, the six some odd flying test craft it had, uh, was matched almost day for day testing from the Soviets with their own version of it. It even looked exact, exactly like it. Um, and cl- same thing with our space planes, you know? So, so there is... An interesting route to take when you look at how even though we claim to be the premier ones of doing it our adversaries on the other side of the planet at least our competitors to some degree we're doing the exact same thing let's take a look at a soviet supersonic jet here produced in the early days of <laughs> of wind tunnel testing i'm sorry of, of uh of commercial flight for supersonic uh where is um does anyone recognize this aircraft oh you can see to the top shit never mind don't look up there don't look does anyone recognize this aircraft though or its capabilities can i say this again Since so i say it on every episode ready i don't want to fly a jet blue flight that takes six hours to go somewhere i could be there in an hour and 20 minutes and uh, the TU 144 and uh, multiple other things, including the Concorde, were making some of those routes. And yes, the Concorde was loud, but we should be all aware that reducing the boom and sonic boom has been worked on for a long, long time. In fact, Nat Geo even had a special about it one time in like the early 2000s. Everyone remember that? The reducing the boom, it was, I can't remember what it was, reduced. Redu- um. It's pretty cool. And then we see uh, NASA doing this testing right now. You know, they run, what is it? The X, uh, or NASA, they call it X-59 quiet supersonic technology that is new, but it's really not. All it is, is a, you know, a really long drawn out shape, uh, that it was exactly what was, uh, introduced in the, uh, British Airways testing or the Russian uh, TU one what is it, the TU 144? But the difference is that instead of having a nose cone or a shape that could be transferred when the pilots are landing, they just put the fuselage way the F back and stretch the nose way out like a big joke. It looks like a cartoon for Christ's sakes. Um do you remember the old waiting music for Strange Recon? It was this aircraft in a wind tunnel. Except it wasn't recent. <laughs> It's the same shape. If you if you just use your imagination for a second and cover this part up, what does this thing look like from the side? What's the shape of it? The idea for quiet supersonic flight um, was being worked on a long time ago. And, you know, obviously uh, the X-59 is is set to show you the wave gap is real. The X-59 flight data and computer simulations have shown that it is possible to offer supersonic flight for commercial purposes that can be flown over residential areas and skirt FAA policy on the amount of noise decibels that are in the air. Is that it? Um, I put it to you that the FAA is the reason why that technology is not there, not the other way around. It's not like NASA's like, we can't figure this out. They can, they did, they understood it. There was like, you know, the, the data curve and wind tunnel testings with supersonic flight showed dramatically what would happen if you scaled that out or stretched it way out. But you're asking a lot there. If you go back to the main, uh, to, uh, NACA photo, the very first aircraft in that thing, the stiletto there, or well, I was using the stiletto engine couldn't fly supersonic but it was shaped perfectly for it and obviously they recognized oh just under super you know the this this shape just under supersonic is really hard to detect it makes little noise um but I'm sure they're fully aware of what would happen if they if they went a little bit faster with it if they had engines in it they could go that fast uh, but it could only fly like 690 miles and was it what's supersonic again I'm so dumb I'm not dumb. Everyone out there keeps trying to tell me to stop saying that by myself. I, you know, I'm joking, right? I'm just—it's self-deprecation. It's Seven hundred sixty-eight miles per hour is supersonic speed. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're seeing that the X fifty-nine is promising to exceed that speed, not too far over, uh, with the ability to significantly reduce the distance in which you can uh, hear or be affected by that loud aircraft. And now, I, for one, personally would rather have loud aircrafts. In fact, I would rather have bloody ears than get on. Here <laughs> we go again. I can't help it. I'm sorry, everyone. Everyone. All right. First, for, uh, from rows 15 to rows 30, go at your own speed. You go real slow. You go real fast. You put something in the overhead bin. Take five minutes. Hold the whole plane. The, the, the boarding of the plane process needs to be painful and slow so it's the same length of time as the flight. Come on, everyone. Let's really stretch it out. Stop. Tell some stories. Stink it up. Ask for a drink before we even take off. Demand to go to the bathroom. you got 30 people in front of you. There is nothing good about commercial flight. Instead of going faster, they're like, we gave you internet. What else do you want? It sucks. No one wants to get on a JetBlue flight. No one gives a shit that they spent 50 more dollars and have four inches more leg room. We're still flying the speed of smell, and it sucks. It's the worst. I don't know why anyone flies. I would rather walk across the country than to fly in a commercial airliner. It's the fucking bus of the sky. They're so terrible. They're so terrible. There's nothing, I just, it's, I'm like, yeah, it's, you can be cool that you're, it's flying, but it's not the idea that my brain is aware that supersonic flight would have been available to all, all of us. If the FAA or people that oversee FAA policy are, aren't influenced by their overlords, Um then I wouldn't be flying like this, but I've had jobs in my life where I've had to fly nonstop and it's given me like the worst disgruntled bias, like nature towards the commercial air aviation, I I hate it. I think it's the worst. Um, yeah, it's the absolute worst. If you're interested in uh, the history of that, please look up FAA policy. That's been affected 100 by. I I know people just say it has everything to do with uh, with sound, but you know. Oh, uh, and of course, pollution is another one, but um, but you have to really and sound pollution, I guess that's the same conversation. Um, but uh, you have to understand something that when something is has like a little bit of bad, but is so disruptive in a good way, uh, that the larger organizations that are producing more routine flight that cost just as much, that's slower that is going to hold us back as a society and pollute the living fuck out of our skies for decades, basically hop on how bad it is train. The people that are helping influence FA policy are saying to them, in my personal opinion, from what I can see just based off little research, is they're saying essentially, this is bad. Restrict. We're good. Come on. We're slow. We're loud, too, but we're we're a different type of loud, and we're slow, and we pollute the place, and and it takes so long to do it, and there's so many people on the planet that we're going to be in demand forever. But people like Tim Burchett, who are very, you know, they can be influenced and stuff like that. He's not, obviously, he's not... The one i'm talking about but we can see faa policy is being influenced by individuals that will tell you that ezekiel's wheel is going to fly into a plane soon so i don't know what but uh, i just don't trust it i think faa policy has a lot more to do with a lot of these issues than has anything We're like electric veto craft and things like that that have been around since the uh since the early 80s when they recognized how to make batteries super light and they still aren't haven't replaced all aircraft why I thought the whole thing was to clean this fucking place up. That's the whole FA policy. We're trying to restrict emissions and blah blah blah. Yet they refuse to move on from something that is clearly terrible. And the only reason the reason why it's there is because the other technology is disruptive and can't be incorporated into the same old slow giant piece of shit aircraft. Very successful. Flies every time, essentially, lands just like you want it to, but it's slow. And tens of thousands of them have to take off every day because it's so slow. I actually was thinking of Louis C.K. when I was saying that. Uh, I was mostly thinking of his baby line when he goes, um, I got on a plane and there was a baby it wasn't like the only person it was like that. This is me. And it's the baby, the other pilots, the baby pilot. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, he, he, the, the fact of the matter is that I do think of it like that. I, I am impressed with the idea of it, but I also, because I'm aware it sucks, dude, it sucks. I mean, just be real. I mean, I, I watch a Tesla flight and I seriously, I mean, this is a joke. It seems like a joke to a lot of people, but I seriously think I'd, well, I'd rather be on, I'd rather risk being on a rocket, a small grade rocket, single stage rocket to fly somewhere than to fly in a, in a, jet blue flight i would rather take the risk in routine rocket flight than get on another slow ass tube and wing design it is so terrible oh i'm 88 years old and uh this is my first flight so i i'm gonna hold everyone back hey that's rude don't be talking bold no i mean i'm serious i'm serious there's one fucking trail on an aircraft And you have people sharing. uh, Never mind. All right. All right. Before I become a huge dick here. Um, You know what I would do? If they offered exterior seating on some of these flights, I'd take that. Now, here's the real aircraft I was hoping to fly in uh, at this point. Of course, it's from November of 2004 as well, but we're not going to talk about that. It has nothing to do with these topics. Why can't I fly to China and that and back in like fucking 12 seconds? I mean, it's been around. The idea, I guess, has been, you know, since, you know, since World War II. That was just yesterday, right? Um, But Yeah. I'd like to fly around that, and uh, before I take off, Adi, because this show was a complete miserable failure today, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I just quickly, um, you know, can always uh, can always ask yourself, why is it that we're still not flying in something like this? Is because it's so dangerous, right? So does that mean we're gonna stay a primitive fucking race forever? Because we, the civilians, are not allowed to go anywhere fast. We understand re-entry and lifting bodies and different shapes require different thermal-like materials. We get it. It's been around for a real long time. We understand an aircraft that can move so fast in the hands of someone we haven't vetted someone that we don't know is a patriot. Some I, what do you want to t- then we're going to stay like this forever? We're going to be in horse and carriage forever. We'll be in horse and carriage forever, friends, because we fucking have to worry about someone doing something crazy. So what's the options? What's the options? Is the options to hold back human. We're literally We're talking about mining elements in space for like phase three nuclear propulsion and us the civilian is getting on a plane that is going to travel so slow I have to sit in someone else's farts for seven hours to make it to goddamn California. announcing today that the United States will commit itself to an important new program in civilian aviation.
1: It is my judgment that this government should immediately
0: commence a new program in partnership with private industry to develop at the earliest practical date the prototype of a commercially successful supersonic transport superior to that being built in any other country of the world.
2: SHUT UP! Problem solved. That old bootlegger won't be dealing with that anymore. I'm not suggesting any conspiracies here, but I am suggesting that um, no massive global running fucking industry will ever agree with a stupid, insignificant, temporary employee of a United States government. They look down on like an ant to disrupt their uh, their speculation of the market. Hey, we got another 75 years before software takes over. Do you think we're going to ruin it all for us now? Why aren't... Hey, this is the iPhone 7 or whatever the fuck. I don't have an iPhone 7. Why aren't they releasing the iPhone 100? I don't get it. Hold on. They released the 7, the 8, the 9, the 10, the 11, the 12. What's coming next? Ladies and gentlemen, I got to get the hell out of here. I got to get the fuck out of here. I am losing my shit. I'm going to go outside and work out into to the point where I almost passed the fuck out because I today turned into a normal show that I had actual normal plans for, but just went right out the window. And for that, I'm sorry. I might not be back for a couple days. If I come back tomorrow, I'll try to woo out my way out of it. But um, um, I don't like what's happening. I'm not a fan of ufology anymore because ufology is religion. There's nothing aviation worth talking about. So I think my strange recon might have a new show, t- new intro soon. Might have a new theme entirely. May literally have regimented-like conversations about what's in the air today and the history of aircraft. That way, I don't have to share any of my opinions any moment. someone tells me that uh, 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 I captured an alien camera. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. Son of a bitch, it transformed into flight D-173, 737 AM, LaGuardia. Shit. Aliens be transforming into aircraft all the time. News says Madonna is going to be making a remake or a remake of the movie Casablanca. Finally, someone's going to get it right.